थैंक यू मिस्टर रंजन सिंसियरली अप्रीशिएट नॉलेज टू हैव यू ऑन चेंज एंड पॉसिबल विच इज इंडियाज फर्स्ट फ्यूचर टेक पॉडकास्ट सो आई गोइंग गिव अ ब्रीफ इंट्रोडक्शन एंड वील डायरेक्टली जम दैव इंड कॉन्वर्सेशन सो मिस्टर जयेश रंजन इज द प्रिंसिपल सेक्रेटरी ऑफ इंडस्ट्रीज कॉमर्स एंड इंफॉर्मेशन टेक्नोलॉजी डिपार्टमेंट ऑफ द तेलंगाना गवर्नमेंट his assignment involves developing policy frameworks attracting new investments identifying opportunities of utilizing it in various government processes and promoting digital empowerment of citizens thank you it's a pleasure and honor to have you so really appreciate this so covid we are completely disrupted as a nation you know it, 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 the data says that uh, our gdp is down by 24% um the government also claimed that it has no data on migrant job loss due to covid but i think in month of july the news channel claimed that more than 5 million people have lost their jobs just in the month of july the atmanirbhar stimulus package seems to be a pr gimmick by by the government with no actual relief to the common man and the smes who have been terribly impacted i being from a startup i personally have been super super impacted now some of the globe the best global minds have suggested that innovation collaboration is the only way to reverse the global impact what according to you individuals entrepreneurs and maybe even nations can genuinely do to reverse the covid impact yeah so edi your uh, observations are very valid i absolutely agree with them it is a truth that different sectors of economy different sectors of the society have been very badly disrupted the adverse consequences are there for all of us to see of course there are variations there are certain sectors where the disruption is very very high and uh, we are not even sure when the recovery will start yes. and uh, how long will it take and there are certain sectors where the recovery is uh, possible at some point in time for sure and you are very right that the governments also if you look at the global comparison many other governments have significantly done more than what has been done in our country in fact in our country the major thrust of this uh, atmanirbhar package is not through fiscal support but through encouraging more and more borrowing and lending so yes say you are a small yes. entrepreneur you can borrow more i'll give you some longer moratorium but to give uh, let us say directly money in the hands where i don't have to worry about repayment etc that fiscal kind of support which many other countries have done that we have not done and of course there are two three shades of opinion about it one is uh, we should realize the complete uh, roll out of covid and then only decide how to help whom suppose i give a big stimulus now but the problem is not yet over suppose it becomes even bigger later on then i'll have nothing to give at that point in time so i understand the difficulties in uh, these matters and uh, whatever is possible perhaps one needs to do that but as i said while uh, giving direct economic support to the people who need the most you can target it uh, target it well you can look at which sectors have been disrupted the most and within the sector also we know that there is very little homogeneity amongst within a, within a sector as well there are let us say large companies there are mid scale companies there are small companies there are startups so 
large companies for some for 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 most of the sectors they do have deeper pockets they can manage these uh, shocks for some uh, more period of time but we know that there are many msmes which are on the verge of going bankrupt also similarly startups which are on the verge of closure also so you have to whatever uh, amount you are willing to put on the table if you can target it well give it to people who genuinely need it the most and uh, thereby get a play very important role in stimulating the revival of the economy that in my opinion would have been a good thing to do but that apart i mean while this is the fiscal support and the direct benefit which one can give there are other ways also in which uh, one can support the economies which are getting disrupted so i'll give you some uh, real examples from telangana i work in the state of telangana now uh, there are some sectors which are very important for us these are thriving sectors so for example telangana has a very big uh, pharma and life sciences industry in fact hyderabad is in many ways the manufacturing hub of pharmaceuticals of uh, vaccines you will be amazed to know this that one third of world's vaccines are manufactured in hyderabad in fact the entire supply to africa happens from hyderabad so this is a very important sector now uh, and uh, this is one sector which which was not impacted that much by lockdown because even during lockdown the pharma industry was permitted to continue but despite that we the sector did face lots of challenges lots of difficulties and then when we asked them what are those challenges i mean some of these are very obvious things so for example wherever there is a dependency upon uh, manual uh, work then lots of migrant workers come you also mentioned it in your preamble that there was lots of disruption in the lives of the migrant workers hundreds and thousands of them chose to va- walk back to their to their native places and then uh, many of them have still not been able to come back so this is one disruption which the local industry also faced that there uh, there are less number of people to employ today as compared to earlier and therefore no one can claim that he is 100% uh, uh, he is uh, operating at 100% capacity similarly uh, while the pharma industry is here the manufacturing is here raw material suppliers are all over the country raw material suppliers are uh, in uh, gujarat some of them are in uh, tamil nadu some of them are in uh, himachal pradesh and so on and so forth so again during the lockdown period while the factories in hyderabad were open but no one was supplying the raw material to them and incidentally there are also international uh, uh, i mean uh, global imports of raw material lots of uh, key chemicals which go into the manufacturing of pharmacy products pharmaceutical products actually come from china and uh, you will recall that the covid uh, incident started there first and by mid february or so they had also closed all their factories particularly in the areas as we all know the covid uh, pandemic started from this location called wuhan but most of the manufacturing industry which supplies these chemicals etc is not very far from wuhan it is located close to wuhan so eventually in the month of uh, from the month of february onwards they closed down those factories also and uh, the hyderabad industry is actually faced a risk that typically these are very unanticipated un- kind of scenarios so no one maintains huge amounts of inventory the inventory is just enough to manage let us say for a couple of months or at the most three months fortunately china was able to bring the pandemic under control very very swiftly and allowed these factories to open and therefore things did not really become very critical and very uh, emergent in hyderabad but had the lockdown persisted in china for let us say another month or so 
there would have been a complete shortage of supplies in Hyderabad pharma industry and the manufacturing of some very key medicines, which all of us are familiar with, that would have stopped. So what we have now done is that uh, post all that, I mean, now that there is some breathing space for us to uh, go back and look at what's going on. So first of all, we are trying to tell the industry that on those particular uh, uh, aspects where you require outside labor, let us look at two other options. One is that the government will be willing to set up skill centers so that you train the local uh, manpower itself. Instead of relying too much on outside manpower, why can't we train the locals to do the same things? And uh, if some courses have to be run, the government will be very, very, very willing to fund those courses, put the money on the table. Suppose there are certain jobs for which you just won't get uh, locals to participate because they're very, very low end kind of jobs. There's hardly any remuneration in that. Locals will not be motivated to do that kind of low-end kind of a work. Then can we automate them? Can we ensure that those works are done, those kind of things are done automatically uh, using machines and all, using automation rather. So uh, we are working with the industry association. The pharma industry has their associations to say, check whether these things are possible. And of course, some feedback which has come from them shows that we are in the right direction. We can implement some of these measures. Similarly, when we checked about the supplies that come from outside and how the disruption in the supply chain impacted them, again, now we are asking them that if, can they motivate the suppliers to set up their units here itself within the state. And we have agreed that we will give them lots of incentives. We'll create dedicated industrial parks which are close to where they are located. We'll give them some additional benefits, additional incentives, and so on and so forth. So in that way also, we are the initial results are very encouraging. We are we seem to be on the right track, and the response is uh, forthcoming. Similarly, for the overseas uh, imports, the imports that come from China, etc. Fortunately, while we were also thinking on the same lines, government of India itself has announced a new scheme that anyone who wants to manufacture, there are 58 products which are typically imported. So the government of India has announced this scheme that if anyone wants to manufacture these 58 domestically. The government of India itself will give lots of advantages, benefits. There's something called production-linked incentive. And the state government is prepared to match beyond what the government of India is also offering. So this is one way in which we are trying to help the industry revive and all the shocks which it faced during the COVID period. We are trying to future-proof all that so that tomorrow if there is some other future disruption of this kind, that is the industry is better prepared to withstand and uh, not run into economic losses. So, yeah, you, you said your pharma is in the driving sector and most of the, the, the you getting raw, raw materials from China. And, and I guess it's about time we need to understand that we're living in this world, one world, and stop creating disruption. And, you know, because at this point, if you see, there's a, the, the India-China relationship or US relationship is at a boiling point, but we cannot do without each other. It's only when we understand that, I guess we'll move ahead as a collective. You said, uh, you also mentioned that China has controlled the pandemic very, very quickly. But if you look at the other side, which is India, I mean, we are the worst impacted at this point in time. I, I, I don't really know what went wrong. The fiscal support, you said, yes. I mean, that the, it's extremely little, 80,000 or 70,000 crores to be precise. That's what Barclay claims. And you also said that the startups have been given this carrot of a loan when we most of the startups are already on the back foot, six months without any 
work without any business creates a major major disruption uh, so from from the startup ecosystem it looks like the government is just trying to please the banking industry or the the tech behemoths like the geos and or, or the, the ones who are being you know uh, getting the stimulus benefits what do you think should be done to sustain or keep pushing the innovation engine is this the correct way to drive the innovation engine forward yeah so as uh, you would understand there are certain things which fall within the domain of the national government the government of india has to take some calls and uh, there are certain things which we can do at the states level as well so i'll be sharing states perspective so some of the things that i spoke about earlier about how we are supporting the pharma industry all those things can be done at a state level also you do not require government of india permission to encourage any supplier to set up his base in the state and you are free to do all that so but ideally the package which the government of india gives also should be well directed should be precise and should respond to the requirements of the situation if the requirement is that i am absolutely going bankrupt and uh, putting cash on the table is what will help me the most then maybe our approach should have been in that way but i already told you that there are dilemmas and it's not a very easy decision to make so if i put all my cash on the table now itself and things become even worse later then uh, where will i be so my guess is that the government of india was caught in that dilemma start slowly i mean not to say that don't do anything as much as possible use the banking system to help but uh, later on if things are becoming worse then maybe be prepared budget uh, uh, doors and making funds available directly to the to the msmes the startups but as i told without waiting for what the government of india will do or will not do states themselves can take a, a number of initiatives and since you speak about startups i'll again tell you about a program which has worked very well in telangana in fact it has been appreciated it has been talked about in some ways it has also become some kind of a national role model so i'll i'll speak about it a little this is just as an example to show what can the states do really to make uh, these uh, difficult times a little bit better to alleviate some of the issues and challenges that companies face so hyderabad in the last 5 6 years has become a very important startup hub i mean we all typically think about bangalore as the biggest but uh, biggest hub which is true i mean i'm not disputing the fact but uh, in terms of size definitely bangalore is the largest but a lot of uh, very positive improvements and changes have happened in hyderabad as well in fact we have the country's largest tech incubator called tea hub right. there are multiple other incubators accelerators and uh, there are many ecosystem players who participate in the ecosystem uh, enabling or ecosystem building programs led by the government directly from the front and so on and so forth so because of all the work the hard work that we have put in over the last 5 years or so we are getting very good results i mean very high quality startups with very innovative products services and supported by a very progressive policy from the government all all that has been working out quite well and then of course the pandemic struck so now here what we saw was no no different from the larger economy certain uh, startups meaning uh, startups in certain areas certain lines of activity they continue to do well so let us say there were lots of fintech startups their businesses actually grew edtech startups their business became better health tech startups they also found new ways of uh, 
showcasing their product solution but many other startups they had a terrible time and again many of them were almost on the verge of closure so what we have done is we have started a program this is called rejig r e j i g rejig and uh, again this is something which is very unique about hyderabad 12 startup players have come together incubators accelerators ecosystem partners have joined hands to create this program so it's not a single agency which is responsible for rejig 12 of them together have uh, have uh, put together this program so what we have done is that and this goes on and on but in the first uh, phase of this program we selected 300 startups which were the most badly hit which would have had we not intervened could have literally they would have folded they would have closed shop and they would have faced all kinds of uh, unsurmountable difficulties so we have uh, identified 300 of them and to each of them we have spent uh, lots of uh, personal time and effort of uh, mentors drawn from these partner organizations each startup has been given an individual uh, session uh, i mean many sessions individually for them to understand what is happening around them what is likely to happen in the future and therefore what changes they need to make either they change their line of activity completely or change the technology platform or look at a different market or a different go to market strategy and after that uh, individual uh, let us say diagnosis and uh, revival planning has been done for each of these 300 we have also brought uh, funding agencies to these 300 and uh, each of these 300 has been assisted with whatever funding support was required at that point in time it is either angel investment funding or vc funding or funding through some government schemes that are available so each of them today instead of getting folded up and closed has now been given a new leash of life and now they are uh, pivoting and trying to do something which is more appropriate to the given circumstances and after we are done with this 300 we will run this for another 300 for another 300 and so on and so forth so this in our way is a very positive way of looking at see giving money is okay i mean anyone can give money but what are you giving that money for what are the things that are going to work for them i mean that advice that mentorship and yes. that very yeah. meticulous kind of planning is much more valuable than giving you 10 lakhs or 20 lakhs which also is very very important but going together taking these two interventions together is something which has made it a very strong and a very winning kind of a intervention I guess that's the that's the, the only way to kind of move ahead. Mentorship when you hold hands and walk together and point out what's the wrong, rights and wrongs and you know overcome the, these challenges. I guess that's the only way you know the the startup ecosystem can move ahead. You Telangana has been been one of the youngest states, but somehow you, you you guys have done everything which is right. You know, right from rolling out the state and innovation policy, the blockchain policy, and then right now in 2020 you have called it as the year of artificial intelligence. So how is that shaping up with the COVID roadblock? Uh, so can you share a little your your AI vision and the initiative for 2020? Yeah. So uh, I'll uh, present a larger context first, and then I'll tell you specifically about the program. So the larger context is like this: that uh, while as you rightly said lots of disruption is ha- has happened and continue to happen and there is still lots of uncertainty about the revival and the future one trend is very very clear you can ask anyone and regardless of which industry sector uh, that person is and what is the scale of his operations one trend is clear across the world and that trend is 
that digitalization is going to play a very important part in the recovery process. Whether you are in India or in the West or wherever, you are going to rely on digitalization to kickstart or jumpstart your industrial activity or your entrepreneurial activity once again. In fact, I'm a part of multiple other conversations also where everyone is talking about digitalization and people are preparing toolkits for digitalization and how do you get the companies adopt to those toolkits and so on and so forth. So, so that is one uh, very clear uh, trend. The second important trend is uh, a subset of the first trend that tomorrow when the push for digitalization becomes very, very strong and it becomes very fairly widespread and well adopted, a bunch of technologies that we collectively call as new generation technologies or emerging technologies, these technologies will take the lead. I mean, they will be the key key enablers of the digitalization process, which includes, as you mentioned, artificial intelligence, blockchain, IoT, big data, and so on and so forth. So <clears throat> one good thing which uh, has happened for Telangana is that much, much before COVID, I mean, COVID, of course, uh, is a very unfortunate development, but many years before that, actually three years uh, uh, before uh, before this, before the present, we recognized the potential of these uh, new generation technologies, emerging technologies, and uh, we did five things. First of all, we created uh, policies for each of these technologies. So there's an AI framework, there's a blockchain concept, there's a cloud concept, there's a drone strategy, and uh, IoT policy, and so on and so forth. So for each of these uh, emerging technologies, what is the government's intention? What do we want to achieve? That was very clearly spelled out. And because these are policies, so they have the approval at the highest level at the government. So you also bring the government buy-in for these kind of things. Then in Telangana, right from day one, we believe in a partnership model. We know that uh, the government is not at all the repository of all wisdom. Wisdom lies elsewhere. Wisdom lies with private companies. It lies with uh, uh, mid-scale niche companies. It lies with startups, it lies with academic institutions, research institutions. And uh, therefore, the best approach for the government is to bring as many partners as possible. And this is the approach that we have been following. So you spoke about the year of AI that Telangana is, uh, is, uh, is uh, commemorating this 2020 as. And uh, again, I'm happy to share with you that we have now more than 15 partners of different kinds, each of whom are working and supporting the government in some aspect of, the, of uh, AI or the other. In blockchain, the entire partnership is uh, is uh, is kind of embodied in a concept which is called blockchain district. So when I say blockchain district, it's not a geographical district. It does not have a pin code or an address, but it is a conceptual district where all the partners come and uh, contribute and take programs together. So every initiative of ours is, uh, is done through partnership. So that is the second uh, very important thing which we do. And the third most important thing, this is the most significant point, which uh, other states are still trying to figure out how do they do it, is that if uh, you want to showcase a technology or if you want to convince people of the, of the technology, in Telangana, the approach is that the government should become the first customer. See, if any of our partners or if any other uh, homegrown player has also come up with a solution, which is of relevance to the government, then I will take it bilaterally and adopt it and implement it and show the results to everyone. So this is uh, a feature of all our policies, which has worked very well. Uh, this uh, government as your first customer kind of approach. So 
uh, again i can share this with you as i told our initiatives go back uh, much beyond much before covid that is is the last 3 months 3 uh, years we are working on all this so i can share this with you that by now between 3 years ago till now we would have uh, onboarded at least 3 dozen solutions if not more related to these emerging technologies and they are under implementation in various agencies of the government many of them have won awards many of them have got uh, market opportunities in other state because telangana tried it first and many of them are actually yielding very very positive results and i'm i'm very happy proud to share the very latest with you this discussion has just begun about a week or 10 days ago but once it materializes this will become a sensational a historical kind of thing our uh, uh, the hyderabad city elections are close by they are expected to happen in the next 3 uh, months or so within the 3 months the state election commission because of this covid scenario etc has approached us asking us to create a remote voting solution through which uh, elderly people i mean those who don't want to come out and get exposed and all that they can stay at home and and also polling personnel polling personnel similarly healthcare uh, frontline staff i may be too busy because there are so many cases which are coming to my hospital that i won't even have time to go out and find my polling station and vote and all that so can i vote sitting in my hospital in some 5 minutes i get a break i i push a button and get get my vote registered so we are creating that solution and this will be the first time of course covid has come as a excuse but if you are able to showcase that hundreds and thousands of people voted there was no uh, kind of dilution of the standards that we check that we expect during the voting process the entire privacy sanctity and uh, everything else was uh, maintained intact then this will be a very historical thing that will be creating so this is how uh, new te- new generation technologies emerging technologies have a place now and they are going to have a bigger place as uh, days and weeks and months go by lovely lovely wish you the very best and i guess you know there's always leaders who lead and the rest follow so i hope the rest of the nation i mean the states wake up and start emulating because i think you're leading with style uh, and and it and you also pointed out the digitization right suddenly because of the covid uh, there's been a sudden thrust i, I think all of the from small companies to big companies have understood the importance of digitization you know some everything which was on a creeping mechanism has has suddenly been accelerated so yes artificial intelligence iot blockchain synthetic biology augmented reality virtual reality uh, mixed reality they are the future but technology is like a double edged sword uh, it, it it is going to enable humanity but it is also going to be the reason for a big big disruption so automation uh it, it, it is something you know which is expected to be a reason for around 44 million indian men and 12 million uh women who, who will be displaced by 2030 this is this is a data which i just read recently it's it, it also uh, uh expected by uh, around uh, another 5 years 40% of uh, 1500 companies the traditional func- functioning for 1500 companies are are going to go bankrupt so so like like i mentioned obviously these tech uh, technology is going to take away a lot of jobs but it's also going to give a lot of jobs but that is for the people who understand this technology now if you go to see most of us 
are very averse of new technology they are either scared afraid or don't want to get into this new technology covid has already created millions of people are jobless because of covid this automation which is coming in possibly like another 5 years where all these technologies are converged is going to create huge disruption i somehow feel from my vantage point i feel that the education institutes the young generation are still not ready for this new technology there is huge demand of workforce in data science cloud computing or augmented reality virtual reality artificial intelligence so on and so forth but we do not have the skill set re- required how is telangana tackling this according to me a very very urgent issue so uh, edi i'll expand your question uh, i completely agree with you that uh, technology is a double edged sword but there are other uh, implications also so let me talk about those implications as well and then talk about uh, the skills etc job displacement skills and other things so there are three adverse things which can happen if the and uh, i personally believe that as a government this is my prime most uh, responsibility to mitigate those adverse consequences of technology the first one is that the technology brings uh, as uh, more and more people start getting on the technology bandwagon there are uh, adverse uh, possibilities of uh, let us say cyber fraud cyber crime cyber attacks and all all kinds of uh, cyber security related threats so that is one thing which uh, the government has to take a lead first of all in creating awareness amongst people you must be uh, hearing and reading about it practically every day there is some uh, kyc fraud or the other which happens and uh, therefore uh, people whom we want to motivate to get into the digital payments bandwagon they get pushed back because there is always a doubt in their mind that if i start uh, digitally transacting there will not be enough safety of my savings someone will knock away my entire life savings and so on and so forth so cyber security and then there are so many other things uh, there is this uh, age inappropriate content suppose you are telling children that you can all attend to classes at a very young age also you can attend digital classes and then we give him access to devices internet and of course uh, well internet is a very rich source of wealth etc it also has all kinds of malicious sites harmful sites which are not age appropriate for uh, let us say young children and also how do we guard the the, the citizens against these kind of uh, adverse consequences of uh, technology that also has to be figured out and the governments have to take a lead no one else will do it the second very important uh, responsibility is that <clears throat> we already are in a situation in our country at least where there is a there is a huge digital divide in fact uh, we are all aware that in cities all the schools have opened up private schools have opened up they are teaching uh, online classes but government schools have not started because either the children are too poor to access devices or they live in such a rural and remote areas that there is no connectivity and so on and so forth so tomorrow when we give this uh, digitalization push are we going to exacerbate the digital divide are we going to widen the digital divide and uh, as it is the inequality in our society is pretty high in the post covid world where people are trying to climb up using the digital ladder will there be a huge mass of people who can't even see the ladder 
leave alone uh, getting close to the ladder or climbing. The ladder itself is not visible to them. So that is the second uh, risk. And of course, the third thing which you pointed out that technology automation is going to also uh, have some impact on certain kinds of jobs. But you yourself admitted, and this is the truth, this is the reality. In fact, lots of surveys have been done, lots of studies have been carried out on what are the future of jobs, what, are, what is the future of skills. And many people uh, tell that while certain amount of conventional jobs will be lost, but new jobs will be created. But at the same time, the agility is in, are you skilling the people for those new jobs or not? If you're not, then those new jobs will only hypothetically be there. You won't have trained people to seek or uh, reach out to those jobs. So that again will be a uh, challenge for the society as a whole. So these three adverse consequences, taking care of the cyber threats and malware and other kind of malicious content which is there on the internet, ensuring that uh, enough uh, awareness and security protocols are created. Second is to ensure that uh, digital divide instead of widening is actually narrowed. And tomorrow when a larger digitalization push happens, we are uh, doing it in an inclusive way. No one is left behind, whether you are in a rural area or urban area, whether you are from a poor family or rich family, you also have equal access to digital means. It's a level playing field. And of course, the third thing that you speak about, are we readying the man force, manpower that is required for the next generation jobs, the next uh, generation skills, etc. So in all the three, I feel that the government has the primary responsibility. And again, I'm proud to tell you that in our state of Telangana, we are conscious of all these responsibilities. And there are very concrete programs which have already been rolled out. Some of it, we are fast tracking because of COVID, but much before COVID, we had rolled out. So, for example, on this digital divide issue, uh, our government is perhaps going to be the first government which is going to provide a dedicated optic fiber cable to every household. Our state has more than eight and a half million households. Every household, regardless of where you are located, you may be in a rural area, you may be in some forest area, you may be on the top of some hill, I will take broadband to your home. And uh, earlier, our time frame was that we'll do it over a period of time, over two, two and a half years. But because of COVID, we feel that it is all the more necessary to do it faster and faster. So hopefully, we should be able to reach that level in a year's time. So as I said, all these all these uh, challenges that you speak about, they're very realistic. And the government's uh, responsibility is to create a sense of uh, equality, equity, awareness, and uh, skills, etc., to take care of all these problems. Lovely, lovely. Yes, I, yes. Obviously, the it's getting more and more glaring. The the divide that we have, capitalism, op, is obviously killing the society. Not everything is bad about corporate capitalism, but if you see, I think close to ninety five five percent of the global elites own the ninety five percent of the entire global wealth. So there is something which is definitely you know going wrong somewhere. I think the optic fiber to every household is a brilliant, brilliant idea. And if, if that happens, that is something, I think it's not just a single state. I think the entire world needs to uh, implement something like that because I think internet is, is the new 
new fuel you know if if you want to move ahead as an individual as a company it, it's the internet where you reach out to because all the data is over there you can connect engage with anybody around the world like i had the privilege to do this only because i mean reached out to you with the help of internet so internet creates this uh, enablement you can do whatever you want to do if you have desire and intent you can go and build uh, Huge, huge businesses. So I, I've been invested in the AR, VR, MR space for the longest time, and, it, and it's supposed to be the future. I mean, you know, today we're all talking about remote health, remote education, remote training, remote work, and so on and so forth. So virtual reality is all of those. things you know packaged into it right now the education side of this content if you see this huge disruption which is happening you know the traditional education system has created huge student debts you know there are families or who are burdened terribly because of these huge huge student loans and then there is something called as moocs massive open online courses which is offering education free and online the only thing is there's no awareness i feel that there should be larger awareness where people understand that there is free education uh, waiting over there to be had you know so so what are your views on virtual reality how do you think virtual reality will impact education so oh, i completely agree that virtual reality will be a very useful tool definitely for education for skilling and uh, as you know the new education policy has also been introduced recently the new education policy is also very significant it allows for students to pick up multiple courses and not confine themselves to just one particular stream or one particular discipline and uh, we are aware that uh, vr etc are very very useful so for example again to give you a practical example hyderabad is a very important center for the aerospace industry there are lots of uh, uh, aerospace oems some of the who's who of the world actually who have manufacturing facilities in hyderabad it includes american companies like boeing lockheed ge whatever they manufacture here is uh, is supplied internationally so therefore it is very important for them that uh, they have uh, skills which are the top class top class skills and they use uh, lots of vr so how do you open the aircraft engine how do you actually uh, you know rectify something how do you understand the different parts etc etc so vr is a very important tool let us say for uh, aerospace uh, technology even for uh, medical professionals lots of lab work is now done uh without actually going to a lab or looking at a cadaver because you have that uh, we are uh, tools etc that are available which enables you to develop the same kind of skills and for education also this is something which is very important we also see huge amount of uh, opportunities for uh, vr technology in the digital entertainment industry we know that uh, in the current pandemic scenario the conventional way in which people uh, used to spend time on recreation etc that will be disrupted there will be serious uh, changes significant changes in that and again vr offers interesting possibilities so for example you can't uh, visit a cricket stadium but you can enjoy the cricket experience the immersive live experience by actually uh, like as if you are in the cricket stadium by utilizing uh, advanced uh, vr technologies vr tools etc so good possibilities and uh, i know that uh, big companies i don't want to name anyone but there are they are some of the biggest internet companies of the world they are also uh, studying and researching and investing a lot in uh, these technologies these are very good future and uh, in hyderabad we have set up a center of excellence 
on animation, gaming, VFX, VR, and AR with the help of uh, Software Technologies Park uh, of Parks of India (STPI). STPI and Telangana government together have set up a center of excellence, which will have a focus on VR. So we ourselves are confident that in days to come, some very cool VR products and solutions will emerge out of Hyderabad, and uh, we look forward to potential collaboration and the opportunities to work together with you. Lovely, lovely. Thank you, thank you, sir. It was a pleasure talking to you, and really appreciate you sharing your insights. Telangana is a very young state, but I think it's doing most a super awesome work. And I, I guess the rest of the states needs to emulate what what you're doing. You're doing a brilliant job. Keep on doing that. And to my listeners, if you like what you see in here, please press the subscribe button. Until next time, see you guys. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you so really appreciate it. Sir. Thank you. Bye bye.